Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the topic of our last episode, the easiest and most scalable tech system to succeed with digital marketing. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Roy Osing is the only author, entrepreneur, and executive leader who delivers practical and proven audacious, unheard of ways to produce high-performing businesses and successful careers. Roy is a former president, CMO, and entrepreneur with over 40 years of successful and unmatched executive leadership experience in every aspect of business. As president of a major data and internet company, his leadership on audacious, unheard of ways took the company from its early stage to $1 billion in annual sales. He's a blogger, content marketer, and mentor to young professionals. And as an accomplished business advisor, he's the author of the no-nonsense book series, Be Different or Be Dead. With the audacious, unheard of ways, I took a startup to a billion in sales as his seventh. So Roy, welcome to the episode. Thank you very much. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, I know this is going to be an interesting topic and I love the title. <laughs> so, but before we get into talking about your book or what that all entails, I'd love for you to tell me just a little bit more about yourself and how did you even get into business? Well, I, it's kind of a boring story, really. I got out of this <laughs> I got out of school and uh, I went to, started to work for a major telecom company in Canada. And at a very early stage in my career, I, it occurred to me that, that, that we were doing a lot of traditional things when the business was going through a metamorphosis. Those were the old days where competition hadn't happened yet. And all of a sudden it started to, and my conclusion was we simply weren't ready. In fact, I, I concluded that most telcos weren't ready for one simple reason. 
they were continuing to do things the way they'd always done them. And mm -hmm. so I landed on this notion of be different really, really early on in my career. And the idea was really simple. It was based on differentiation. My conclusion was if we were going to survive and thrive, we had to be different. We had to be different in every way that we represented ourselves to our customers. And so I got on to that. It became my mantra. It became my, my kind of lifelong guide because I looked at life and business and careers and, and helping people through a be different lens. And, mm -hmm. uh, and gradually it, it led to the opportunity for me to take a startup and try and make it successful. And really, I mean, I just kept doing Roy's thing, which was doing crazy things that nobody mm -hmm. else did and lighting fires in people and getting them excited and boom, before you knew it, we were at a billion in sales. And I gotta tell you, I get goosebumps, man. I get goosebumps when I think about it because mm -hmm. we achieved so much in a relatively short period of time and we achieved it very simply. This was not a complicated thing. Mm -hmm. Nice. So what is really the idea behind your be different or be dead work? I mean, it sounds like kind of what you were just talking about, but I'd love to go into that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, I guess my conclusion was um, that that differentiation is something that people and organizations find it, it very difficult to do. You know, mm -hmm. how to define yourself in a way that's meaningful and compelling to the people you serve, but different than than what everybody else does. And so I, I get frustrated and quite, oh, I mean, I get agitated when I read today people, uh, organizations declaring themselves to be uh, the best, mm -hmm. to be better, to be the leader. You know, all these, I call them claptrap. They're claptrap expressions that mm -hmm. don't mean anything except to the people who say them, to mm -hmm. the people who promulgate those aspirational thoughts. It may mean something, but to a customer who's trying to answer the question, why should I do business with you as opposed to somebody else? They're meaningless. And mm -hmm. so I hit upon uh, the be different thing fits within that, but specifically I created a tool called the only statement. The only statement is really simple. It says, we are the only ones who, we're not the better, we're not the best, but we're the only ones who do what we do. And it's, it's been an extremely powerful tool because it's uncomfortable for, for people and organizations to actually do that. In fact, I had some people say, well, isn't that a bit arrogant, Roy? <laughs> go, no. I mean, you may be uncomfortable because you've been used to talking a different language. You've been taught to talk, to talk in, in better, best, and those kind of terms. We mm -hmm. need to make that shift. So my work is all about trying to get people and startup CEOs and, and organizations to think about how they can create an unmatched position in the world, okay, mm -hmm. as it relates to customers. Now, this isn't ethereal and it's not aspirational. You know, I'm not about, you know, saving humanity or the planet. That's not what this is about. It's about saying, do I understand what my customers crave? And I want to be the only one that does what I do to satisfy those cravings. By the way, I use the word cravings, mm -hmm. not needs. Needs is a boring marketing concept. Cravings, right, are what we covet, what we, mm -hmm. what we crave, right? And we typically spend more money to, to get those cravings satisfied and there's very little competition. So the be different or be dead thing has kind of led me down all those paths to try and define, well, what are the tools we can use? And, I, and the most, for the most part, Candy, I've had to create them. 
because they don't exist. We're not mm. taught that at school. The education system is woefully inadequate of preparing right. people to run businesses. In that That's respect, true. You know? Mm -hmm. That's very true. Well, when you were talking, I was thinking too, when you're saying we're the only one that, that it sounds almost like when you're talking about narrowing down to a specific niche as well, that that's going to be a great focus because we're the only ones who serve this type of customer, you know, and then it makes it easier to attract that customer. Yeah, well, actually the process goes kind of like this. The first step, and this is Roy's, uh, I call it my strategic game planning process because I have a big problem with pedantic strategy and strategic planning, which never worked for me because it's not built to execute. It's built mm -hmm. to pontificate and it's built to satisfy the academics that say you need swats and pots and dots and all that stuff, <laughs> right? So I had to create three questions to create a strategy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your, your question in a minute. The first mm -hmm. question is how big do you want to be? That's a declaration of top line revenue growth. Where do you want to be in 24 months? Do you want to be at 10 million? Do you want to be at 25 million? Whatever. Um, and the bolder, the better, the more, more audacious, the better, because it forces you to be creative and innovative, right? If you can figure it out, right. then you're not going to be very innovative. The mm -hmm. second question says, where are you going to get the money? And that gets me to who do you want to serve? So the who to serve thing is all about defining those customer groups that have the latent potential to deliver your how big. The third question is, how are you going to compete and win? And that's the creation of the only. But that statement is relative to who you're going to serve. It's not a mass market statement. So if I decided to serve niche A, then the creation of my only statement is relative to the needs and the wants and the cravings of that niche. It mm -hmm. speaks to that niche, nobody else. And so like, I don't care what you know the rest of the world's doing as far as my only is concerned it has its sights on the niche that i've described that has a latent potential to deliver the revenue target that i've set for myself 24 months from now and it's mm -hmm. a really good process i'm doing that with a few companies now literally it's two days this is not complicated you don't need a phd in strat planning to do this stuff okay right. it's 48 hours we have fun. We developed a strategic game plan and the organization hits the bricks running in the 49th hour, actually executing the thing. It's it works. It really works. So that's kind of how the context for the only statement is created. OK, perfect. I, I like that having those three questions. I think that's helpful, too, because like you said, I mean, even if you go to school and you take a couple of business courses, most of the time it's just a very high level overview and not a lot of details of how to run a successful business. So. That's why having these conversations is so important, right? So we can learn these types of tips. So in terms of your book, um, and you're talking about audacious leadership as well. So what is the definition of audacious leadership? Yeah, so the way I would define it is, is, is having basically four elements. And this is all retrospective on my part, right? Because everybody keeps asking me that question. And I've had to sit down and go, oh, like, how am I going to define this? Like, I did it. I lived mm -hmm. it. So now I've got to sort of communicate it in a way that makes sense for people. And so I've landed on this definition that says, in my world, the way I did it, audacious leadership has four pieces. And we've been sort of talking about the first piece, which is be different. It's mm -hmm. not copy. Like I find benchmarking, the whole notion of benchmarking, which we could spend a whole show on, by the way, I find the idea repugnant. To actually suggest that I could have some strategy advantage by copying somebody else 
is intellectually dishonest. And yet that's what happens. People mm -hmm. actually promulgate that philosophy. Anyways, first part of audacious leadership, set copying aside, forget even how to spell it, get it out, get rid of Google, do not Google <laughs> what somebody else is doing. Because right. what that does is it leads you down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. What we need for people is to discover things, not copy things. So the first plank of audacious leadership is literally have to be different idea, just kind of like it's it's in your veins. You have a you have a be different IV drip following you every path, every step of your life. So that's a be different thing. And you got to live live that. The second is to execute. I mean, the audacious leadership piece is not about planning. In fact, I, I have written a lot about this on my blogs, but I believe that heading west is the best strategic plan you could have. And people think it's crazy, right? Because they come out of school and say, no, you got to have precision. But who can be precise in a world that's imprecise? Can mm -hmm. you help me understand that? <laughs> Nobody can, right? So I say head west. And that's all about focusing on execution and learning as you go. So I'm going to head west and I will learn and discover where the appropriate place on the West Coast is for me. And I'll never know that when I start out. Right. So a huge piece on execution. I mean, I my view is if you can't execute it, I don't want to talk about it. Pontification mm -hmm. is the enemy of execution and it's the enemy of performance, quite frankly, because while you're pontificating, somebody else is eating your buns right? because they're doing stuff. Right. right. The, third, the third piece of audacious leadership is all about serving. A lot of people talk about servant leadership as a as a as a leadership style, which I think is ridiculous. For me, le uh, servant leadership is a is a strategic issue about how I can execute better. Because if I can serve people better, they will do a better job. And guess what'll happen? They will execute the plan better, and performance goes up. And so all these HR dudes out there talking about service leadership, servant leadership as the latest management style, right, to actually get more power. And I've read that. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. You serve people not to get more power. Right. You serve them so they can do their jobs better so that the performance of your organization for which leaders are responsible improves. So that's a huge mm -hmm. piece of servant leadership. And the last piece of audacious leadership is what I call do it yourself. Right? Like I'm an advocate of, of, of micromanagement in certain situations. And of course, this goes exactly against the flow, right? Like everybody coming out of business school is taught to delegate, don't get in the faces of people, blah, blah. I think that's hogwash. There are certain things that leaders should delegate, but I would say those are kind of like operational day-to-day -day things, right? But what's happening is people are taking the delegation thing too far. And so they're act actually, in my opinion, abdicating their roles as leaders because they're, hmm. they're delegating strategic things. Like, let me give you an example. In my world, I would architect the customer moment with people on the front line. I would be personally involved in saying, okay, if we're going to blow the socks off and leave our customers breathless, which was essentially our strategy, I need to put my fingerprints on that. Why? Because I'm the leader. And if I don't do that, I can't, I can't influence execution. And by the way, who is responsible for execution? Box <laughs> stops here. Doesn't go anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. I can't say, well, you know, the textbook says I should, you know, as a good leader, I should delegate. No, 
no, no, I didn't do that. I dove in. I micromanagement, micromanaged very, very specifically those things that were related to execution. And so mm -hmm. that's the basket of audacious leadership. I mean, it's multidimensional. It's not singular. For those of you out there looking for a silver bullet, it doesn't exist other than build on be different. Mm -hmm. If you do that, if you believe in that, if you have it running through your veins and you listen to some of this stuff and you stack it up on be different, indeed, you will be a successful leader. And if you apply it to your career, you will have a very successful career as well. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, figuring out that one thing is one of the most important keys to this as well. But obviously being able to provide to the customer what they need, you know, to solve the craving as you talked about. So what are the things that the business owners can do to make sure that their customer is having an excellent experience with them so they want to return or continue if it's something ongoing? Yeah, I mean, this is really complicated. Okay, you ready for this? It's like, um, make sure that you hire people that actually like human beings. Mm. That's the yeah. prerequisite. Okay, so I'm not going to get a hell of a lot more complicated than that because because people want to hear something complicated because they think that complications are better than simplicity. And my part of the, the audacious piece is be really simple because you can light fires in people and you can relate to people by being simple. So I had this thing saying, we need to hire human being lovers. That's it. And I had a process. Why is that? Well, if if it's almost like you need to you need to choose people at birth that you think have the have the serving and loving DNA and watch them through their career. And as soon as they're old enough, you hire them. Yeah. I can teach you the business. What I can't teach you is to love people. I can teach mm -hmm. you to smile. Right. We got way too many grinners out there. But what I can't do is teach you to love humans. I want those people that have this innate desire to love human beings. Why? Mm -hmm. That's where exceeding expectations comes from. That's where delighting customers. It's about feelings. And if you don't mm -hmm. like people, how can you have a feelings transfer? For God's sakes, you can't do it. So then the next question, and people would think I'm crazy, right? Well, Roy, how, how can you hire people that love people? Hmm. I said, well, I have a technique. It's called hiring for goosebumps. And it's really simple. It goes like this. Candy, you and I are interviewing. And it doesn't matter what position you want in the organization. Because I used to move people all around, right? So I just basically wanted people who love people. I'd say, Candy, do you love human beings? And of course, you would say yes, because you knew it was a trick question, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I would follow up with a question that said, okay, tell me a story that would show me, would prove to me how much you love people mm -hmm. and this is what separated the real ones from the kind of you know sort of in their head ones because the in their head ones would give me kind of like a cold story that would be academically pristine and it would quote mm -hmm. and all this stuff and i would say well see ya then the next one right would give me a story that was rich in passion mm -hmm. feelings emotion and it would give me Goosebumps. goosebumps. <laughs> and I would hire that person and teach them the business. And mm -hmm. I got to tell you, it may sound silly, but that's what this whole audacious be different journey is about. It's about edging on simplicity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because simplicity lights fires in people. And, and we don't get that. I got to mm -hmm. tell you, I get so frustrated because people are in, in their heads too much. They, they need to get in their emotions and they need to get on the right side of their brain. And they need to do things like this. So it was amazing. 
I used to do this to teach people, managers in my organization. I would sit in on, on panel interviews, which was pretty intimidating, right? Because here the president mm -hmm. sitting across and you're a customer service rep or you're wanting a customer service rep job. So you're intimidated because I'm there. My manager's intimidated because I'm there. But the wonderful thing about it is all I was doing is using it as a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. And also to instill upon the person who wants the job, um, the values of the organization that we aspire to. I'd love to see a write-up of that, of that interview on Glassdoor someday. I, I mm -hmm. really would, right? How people would perceive an organization where the president of the company is talking about hiring for goosebumps. Wouldn't that be wonderful <laughs> to see? <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's true you know there are things that you can teach somebody you know so they don't necessarily have to come in with all of the skills but there are certain you know soft skills or things that you are looking for because that is harder to train or to find in somebody so i i agree with you there yeah i mean some of it's impossible i mm -hmm. mean they have to be born with a natural proclivity to like dealing with humans like you you know what i'm talking about right and everybody mm -hmm. out there You've been in a retail store, you walk in the retail store and you're looking for somebody to help you and you go to make eye contact with somebody who turns away and literally walks through the store away from you because they'd rather be doing HTML coding or taking inventory than dealing right. with you. Right. And it happens all the time. So my question is, why would I why would I set that person up to fail? Mm -hmm. Why would I put that person who doesn't want to deal with people in a job where they have to deal with people like there's other really good places to have an individual like that, but not mm -hmm. in front of your most valuable, precious asset. Never right. on my watch. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So are there other things that you would recommend to someone, you know, to be audacious, to help their business really grow scale, you know, be where they want it to be? I Yeah, uh, there's, there's a, there's a whole bunch of little things, but I would say it would boil down to, first of all, um, learn how to develop a strategic game plan. Because mm. what I find is there's too many, too many young professionals, particularly startup CEOs, that want to go straight to the tactics without a strategic context. And like I've never, I've never been a tactical guy unless I can look up and see my strategy and be guided and informed by the strategy. So I would say, as, as an option, take a look at, at my abbreviated planning process because it was created by me as an entrepreneur that grew a startup to a billion. So that must have some sort of redeeming value to it. Right. Take a look at that and, and try it on. Try mm -hmm. it on. If you have any questions, email me and ask me. That would be a good place to start because it, it actually leads you into the only statement. It leads you mm -hmm. into execution. It leads you into service strategies, right? Which is all about feelings and and hiring for emotion and hiring for goosebumps. It's all about what I call cleansing the inside, which as you get older, you have to watch out for bureaucracy and, and having things that don't make sense to customers. And mm -hmm. strategy document and learning what that's all about and just putting the academic piece aside for a moment, right? And, and letting, letting, um, letting something that's been proven uh, guide you and trust mm -hmm. that it will work for you because I guarantee it will. I would say that would be a reasonable place to start. 
Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's important too, because again, a lot of times people start a business, they don't necessarily know how to do all of these things to start to run a successful business. You know, maybe it was a hobby that turned into a business or maybe someone, you know, lost a job. And so they're taking skills they have in creating a business, but they don't have a whole lot of background or experience. So having someone else who can guide you on that path too, I think is extremely helpful that we can all realize we need mentors, right? We don't have to do it all on our own. So I love that you have some resources that you can share. Well, you know, you hit on a couple of points there. I mean, one is, is like people that want to get, want to start a new business. The first thing you have to ask is how is my idea unique and compelling and relevant to the people I want to serve. If mm -hmm. you can't answer how you're different, you shouldn't be spending any money. Now I've had to take, I've had to take startup CEOs and say, stop spending money. Mm -hmm. You're no different than anybody else out there with your idea. Now get over your ego. Let's mm -hmm. take your idea and let's see if we can morph it into something that does satisfy cravings that is different. But to me, that's a big stop. And a lot of people just skim over it because they're product focused, right? right. So they want to push something onto the market as opposed to deliver value and something that, that people care about. And that's a huge piece. To your mentor thing, all you guys out there, guys, generic, listen, go find somebody that's done something. Don't pay any attention to how many letters or initials they have after their their name. Okay. Mm -hmm. like I got a BSC after my name. whoop de doo right? I never solved a business problem, you know, using a differential equation in my life. And miraculously, I built a, an early stage business to a billion in sales. Go figure. So mm -hmm. go find somebody that's actually executed and have been successful. I call them do it mentors. Find somebody who's done it. Uh, they're I out there. They're out there. Go find them, befriend them, listen to them, love them because they will help you. Exactly. And while you're talking about that too, I was thinking of some of the resources that are available too, like SCORE, you know, or Small Business Development Center. A lot of the people there have run successful businesses and maybe have retired now, want to give back, you know, but there are resources out there. So if you're not sure, you know, as a business owner, what to do, definitely there are things available to you. And that's another reason why I want to do these podcasts too, is really to have experts to share resources um, so I'm thankful, you know, that we're having this discussion today too. Well, I, I love the focus that, that your show has, quite frankly, because that's one of the things that attracted me to it is it's practical and mm -hmm. the people that you have on are the kind of do it mentors that we've been talking about. And so hopefully your audience is, is happy and is willing to take, to stay, take a step out. And I know that it's difficult to shift, right? Mm -hmm. It is, but I'm, I'm saying to people shifting and, 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 uh, uh, that isn't is simply not good enough, quite frankly. This isn't a this isn't a sort of this is a metamorphosis. This is a breakaway thing that mm -hmm. I want to get people over here thinking about. It's a huge step. It's not incremental. And that requires an ability to change that that is tough to do for most mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a pivot. I people keep saying, oh, you're talking about pivots, right? I said, no. I'm talking about breakaway. That's not a pivot. Well, it could be a pivot on steroids. And there's a line for you. A pivot on steroids is Roy's breakaway. I want to see that in a clip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love That's that. It's quantum is what mm -hmm. it is. And if you achieve quantum less 50%, you're still better off than pivoting. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you. 
I love that. I mean, this has been an engaging conversation. I really have enjoyed even what we've been talking about, but I do know we're going to end up running out of time very soon if we don't uh, get to the other important parts that I want you to be able to share. So you did mention earlier a resource that you have. I'd love for you to talk to the listener of how they could find your resources and get the things that they need to be successful. Awesome. Yes, I have a website, uh, bedifferentorbedead.com, which I established in 2009 when I wrote my first book, um, Be Different or Be Dead, Your Business Survival Guide. That, um, the website, I'm trying to just populate with as many resources as I can. So I've, it's got all my books. I've written seven books, uh, five of which are eBooks, and they kind of actually drill down on individual aspects of Be Different or Be Dead. My latest one, Audacious Ways, is on there. I'm really excited about that one. That's, uh, I introduced that in May, and uh, it's, it's doing well. And the only reason I know it's doing well is I'm having these conversations, and people <laughs> keep emailing me. So I blog every every week, every Monday you can you can find it. And so I've got content going back to 2009. And the oh, only nice. thing about it is the stuff in 09 just gets better. It's still as relevant today, be different as it ever was. But I'm learning more about my own material and talking, you know, to people like yourself. You you tweak me onto stuff and I write it down. You're not seeing me. You've done it three or four times already, and it just stimulates me. So I really mm-hmm. like that. And so that resource is available. And the other thing is, I just want to make the offer. I'm happy to communicate individually with people, and I'm doing it all the time now. So I have an email. It's roy.osing at gmail.com. Um, I'm, I'm saying, if anybody wants uh, to have a one-on-one conversation with me about the Be Different or Be Dead journey, come on. Send me an, send me an email. I'm here for you. Uh, I love nice. doing that. I love engaging one-on-one. Perfect. Thank you, you know, for sharing those resources too, because I know that our listeners will find them helpful. And I appreciate your sharing your expertise on my show today. I'm grateful for, for you to have me. So thank you very much, Candy. And I also want to thank our listeners. So thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope you found the topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions about be different or be dead. The audacious unheard of ways I took a startup to a billion in sales. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Roy at the links that he shared or send us a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join us for our next episode, Hardcore Soft Skills. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, TuneIn, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share our show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.